0: Before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life.
1: Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes. With me, godfather of golf, Peter Donahue.
0: Andy, thank you very much for inviting me again on the
1: show with you. It's always a pleasure. It's been a long time. You know it's Spring is here, we've been outside, kind of running around, don't get to, you know, don't get to talk as much, so I kind of had to, you know, it's as good of an excuse as any to have a conversation and talk golf.
0: Absolutely, yeah. No, it's exciting. The spring is springing and the buds are popping and uh, now the, all the trees are getting leaved and it's, uh, and the weather's getting good.
1: Yeah. Anything new with you, anything on your mind? Uh, yeah, well, you yeah, know,
0: there's a lot of things on my mind. In fact, you know, my mind uh, uh, is like a, uh, I, uh, the picture I have in my mind of my mind is like the school doors opening and the kids all running out to recess. You know, it's like it's, it's so many thoughts running around that I can't corral any of them. So, <laughs> so uh so I've got uh, you know I've got clubs that I'm going to try looking forward to trying out. I've got hickories, uh both right-handed and left-handed that I haven't uh, swung outside yet so I'm looking forward to that and uh and I'm making some discoveries. You know it's uh as we've talked about in the past I've uh, I find that um physical exercise is a is an uh a, a, an unfolding a constantly unfolding revelation because uh the more you strengthen something uh the more differentiated it becomes you know the it, it's not just your stomach anymore you can actually feel the, uh, upper and lower ab muscles and oblique muscles and and uh different subtle things in you know in your posture and uh and you know uh, as an old man uh you can feel growth because you know uh crepitation crepitation is the crunching that you hear in your joints and uh that becomes uh, and why that happens is uh, because bones are rubbing on bones and, and a lot of times that's an arthritis well Sometimes arthritis is painful and sometimes it isn't but my body is now crunching and because it's moving in ways yeah. that it hasn't moved in years and so so I I actually feel uh at this old age that I'm rebirthing my body from wow. from stiffness and uh you know
1: Sounds like quite a disco- you know rebirth Yeah babe the discovery
0: That's it yeah every day is uh, you know there's the experience that you have from the inside and then there's measurable experience that uh, is noticeable on the outside and uh, it's interesting to me that um, how that occurs and uh, and you know and you and I have have uh, been able to observe it in our golf instruction because a lot of times, you know, huge changes that people feel on the inside when you take a video of it is barely noticeable. And yeah. it's disappointing to the students because they feel this incredible difference in their movements, and yet where is it when they go to look at it from the outside? It's just not nearly as much. And so sometimes that's disappointing, and and sometimes that disappointment uh wells up into disheartenment you know it's like they're discouraged now because it doesn't seem you know what seemed like such a great
1: thing is really hardly noticeable yeah I've got a student who I've been seeing regularly for about a year um an adult student and he probably was a you know 100s ninety shooter but last year it broke 70 broke 80 broke 80 for the first time but it's probably like 80 you know mid to high 80s average at this point and he's like a much like a much 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 better golfer now than than back you know a year ago um from the sense of like just like the shots he hit the sound of the shots the flight of the shots like so much better and then i was like looking back through old videos and you can compare the two videos and it's like not that much of a difference like whatsoever (laughs) like even though we've like done lot he's done like lots of work and lots of practice but like the videos are actually you know pretty similar yeah and so yeah um but like he i would attest and he would attest to too like how much more confidence and you know awareness of the club he has and awareness of his own body and so i've been thinking more and more about that of like the you know videos are you know are are helpful but sometimes not that not that helpful because every time we've gone down, you know, cause even, you know, as much as I talk about, you know, letting the, um, you know, not just like making massive, like swing changes and stuff. Like there's still some times where it's like, Oh, if we just worked on his hips or worked on those wrist angles, at the top of the swing that could, you know, that could cure everything. And then you can get a video of them doing it, but then they just start hitting it like, you know, terribly. So, um, it's my latest, you know, thought a little bit Uh, yeah
0: you know it's a it's it it is terribly interesting uh like that it's it's uh, so interesting for me to look back over the years at at how we've done instruction and measured instruction and and there was a time when video was absolutely everything you know and matching the lines that you draw on the screen was like you know like that's what i want that's what i want to do that's how we're going to measure success in in our le- in our lessons mm-hmm. and it's like even though ball striking would get better or some aspect of the game would get better if those v- images didn't change substantially on the screen the yeah. students would be and the instructors therefore would be disappointed sure. in their efforts and uh and now we're starting to see that like as you're just saying that's like some changes you can't, you don't yeah. see, you don't measure in yeah. two dimensional video.
1: Yeah, I mean the earliest video I have of one of my swings, like from 2018 to 2019, and I've worked on my swing a lot and have been able to swing, you know, not in the summer but in the winter, like every every single day for like multiple months straight. Well, not on Sundays, but you know, six, five, six days a week. Yeah. And it looks about the same on video, <laughs> so it's just like. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, it's an interesting thing that to a you know a trained eye, yeah, you know, you can see that you oh, can sure. see the differences. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I can, I can too. But just bit, you know, the big, the big picture things that you think of when changes. Like, I know you're not on you're not on social media, but like just on Instagram, like the common thing that people like to that that get lots of follows is like, look at this swing transformation in a lesson. Right. And it's like, here's before and then here's after. And it's and the bigger the change, like the more attention it gets. But then also it's like as you and I know, like the bigger the change, the more likely they are to like probably actually not be hitting that good because now they're confused or they're trying to or it won't be able to translate to the course or whatever like that. I think. Right. I mean, for me, I've been practicing like a, a slightly weaker grip. I, had, I practiced it for like a month, probably like every day for a month. And then with my with only my right hand, like a small little tweak just to get the club a little more on plane going back. And then my first round outside, my body was like, Nope, we can't <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I practiced a lot. So
0: <laughs> It really is. I mean, that that you, you know, when you're moving from one domain to yeah. another, uh, literally, that um, you know, sometimes the the changes won't come and uh or that the learning curve has to start all over again take yeah. root and grow you know all over again yeah. and uh and it's um you know i think people that are that are impatient about it or really you know don't don't uh, slow down enough to appreciate that the process is still at work, and there's no – they tend to be very judgmental about, oh, this didn't work because it doesn't work immediately. Right. It's not like, yeah. well, wait a minute. Let's take a breath here, and let's go back and relive or recap the growth that you went through, the stages, the, the things that we went through inside. That same thing is going to happen. Yeah. Will will life yeah, sure. be easier uh for having had those indoor experiences? Yeah, actually they will. Mm-hmm. But there is obviously some challenges here presented by this new environment that are distracting us from accessing that learning.
1: Right.
0: And so won't it be interesting to discover what those barriers are? Yeah, sure. You know, instead of whining about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, but those, bi- yeah, those the things that tend to default back is just like the big picture, swing, you know, swing ch- change, different grip, different, you know, hand position. That that's really hard to translate out to the course. So, I guess I've been thinking about when you know when it's appropriate to do stuff like that, or when it's helpful to do stuff like that. And it seems like a lot of times it's not that helpful. So.
0: To make
1: this so just change like in make your a grip? big change, yeah, yeah. Like I think we over-ass- like in the in a you know in a golf lesson on the students on hitting on TrackMan. I think if they get you know we make a, maybe like make a small change and they hit like five or ten shots and then we assume oh they got you know they got it. Let's add something else right to it. Oh and, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. Like yeah. okay, we I see. Yeah, it's like okay now they end and it's like okay oh, hey, here are the things we're working on. And you give them like three things, but it's yeah. like that's actually. They can get it right at that moment, but it seems like it's probably too much uh, in certain instances. Yes, you
0: know? exactly. Will they be able to reassemble it once yeah. they get out into a into the storm, yeah. or will it just all all that that stuff just go out of their minds? And yeah, yeah I, I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that uh, that uh, learning learning to become a, a responsible teacher and coach is um is a process because you know you do I think uh, you at, at what you're describing is very familiar to me and that is yeah you so we got that pretty well under control right now yeah. so now the next thing would be and now you want to keep advancing right. you know right instead of instead of throwing the brakes on and going I found myself in a lesson yesterday, uh, checking myself on at least three occasions where I was about to make a comment hmm. that I thought was very interesting and
1: very, and I and then I checked myself and I said, "Shut up." <laughs> Can you give me the example? Was this with that that woman yesterday, or was it a different person?
0: No, this was a, a, a 27-year-old uh, young man okay. from. Um, that's a good athlete, yeah, and uh, uh, had been taking lessons, and his father referred him to me. I, I knew his father from years ago, and uh, so he came in, and and um, uh, and he his ball was uh, his complaint was his ball goes way way to the right, he shanks it and blocks mm-hmm. everything. He can't can't keep a, a wood on the planet can't play he's been a good athlete and in, in all these other sports and golf is just this terrible mystery and so so it was a question of you know his club face being open and you know how would we go about closing it and you know could we do that with a change in his you know his rotation of his forearm or what we commonly call changing your grip mm-hmm. uh or would it be to with uh, some sort of you know, body change, more turn back, giving him more time and distance to close the club face coming through, or just forearm rotation coming through. And so, exploring those things. And so, he was able in the two indoor sessions that we've had to make significant change, uh, to be able to hit the ball and miss it into the left trees, mm. and not just the right trees, and then to make subtle changes. But and so both of us were very encouraged by this. And in some instances I wanted to forewarn him of something or or let him know that up ahead, you know, there would be a time when, you know, uh when uh we'd make uh, some uh more subtle changes or change ball position or do something else. And I thought, what? Shut up you know you're just why add something to his why thought, his thought process he's got enough on his mind right now you know but there's a you know a part of me that wants to um you know sometimes be a pathfinder sometimes to point out some interesting thing in the numbers and and uh and, and sometimes it's just uh i find for um my own benefit, not with sure. appreciation for, well, what, what, must his, what state is his mind in right now? Is there enough, is he just swimming with, with his mind completely filled with the things that he can handle? And, and is my blah-blahing just confusing stuff or is it really, you know, helping him? and um uh, and so i've you know i've i i'm learning to be quieter more um you know than and and to know that listen the learning isn't all this information
1: yeah
0: you know the learning is happening inside in the student and uh and these advancements that we're making mm-hmm. you know as you say if there If they're not going to be able to go outside, then why are you introducing them? Sure.
1: You know, it's... Well, I think some of it is like you're... There's almost an implicit expectation of what the teacher does and what the student does. Right. Like growing up in school, it's just like the teacher talks for 45 minutes and that's, you know, that's learning and you write stuff down. And so it's like that's what... Is in our mind as like this is what valuable learning is, and this is what val you know, this is what a valuable thing would be from this person that I'm I'm paying to teach me about golf would be if they could give me a lot of good information that applies directly to me, and so I think sometimes it's like that's the student almost the student wants that a little bit, and then yeah, I had I had some, and then um so you're responding to that even if not like that that consciously right, it's just like oh here's what we're so used to doing yes um, without question i had a student who was like you know his club f- whatever club face was o- open re- like really open and he was gonna go on a trip and so i was like well if we just get this a little like a little better at least you can like hit shots we'll aim to the right and l- let it go out there and it's, so then it was good he had a good trip hit good shots made more pars than usual. Um, then the next lesson, we got more into, like, the club face. And he was, like, squaring it up. it's going farther. Um, but it still wasn't going, like, as far as, like, maybe possible. So he's, like, in the middle of, like, finally getting the face square. He's, like, why isn't it going, you know, why isn't it going farther? And I, I said, I said, I can answer that, but I don't think it will help. And and so he's, like, okay, okay. And then we're, like, we're back in. So good. I, was, I was happy with that. Yeah, you know, that's that very answer. good. Um, because that's just always, like, well, but why isn't it? doing this why this and it's hard to you know
0: put the brakes on yeah yeah and be responsible yeah absolutely you know that that really is that's that's a that's a step up isn't it you can feel that when you've exercised good judgment and you've you've actually done a mature thing that you and the student have agreed that yeah that this this isn't uh Tumbling forward isn't always, you know, what it's not a race. Yeah. You know, we want to we wanna have this be something that you can take outside and reassemble.
1: Yeah. And it takes a good student to do that though too. Yeah. Like Because plenty of them would be like, Well, I wanna you know, I wanna know anyway, tell me. Like, yeah. that's why I'm here. Show. Yeah. um, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, well I've got two we've got two two uh two readings. Let's go for today. The first one is from the Society of Hickory Golfers newsletter, which <laughs> I which was sent to me by, by my student Tim. I guess I need to, I probably need to join the Society of Hickory Golfers because this is like an exclusive one. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to pay for this, but he sent it. So, okay. Apologies. <laughs> 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 uh, there's a writer, um, John Duncan Dunn. You ever heard of him? No. I'm sure I will like now this. that you're like yeah. indoctrinated. John Duncan Dunn was a member of the extraordinary family of golfing Dunns who had an enormous impact on golf, both in the Great Britain and in the U.S. He was an exceptional athlete, clubmaker, and businessman. With his, Here you go, Pete. With his brother, Seymour, he pioneered the idea of indoor golf schools, <laughs> later working with department store owner Rod, Rodman Wanamaker to create a popular indoor school in New York City. As a golf course designer, he partnered with Walter Travis in Equinox Country Club in Vermont and Essex Country Club in Massachusetts. He also designed several courses for resort hotels along the Florida West Coast Railroad line. And he wrote a book in 1916, that was a long time ago, called The ABC of Golf. And it was part of a series that included ABC of gardening, ABC of architecture, cooking, automobile driving, um, and, you know, this golf book. In in the book, he... In the first chapter he writes a story about Harry Varden, which I sent to you, mm-hmm. and, and we'll read it We'll read it here. He says, "If you've ever had the pleasure to see Harry Varden golf, you must have been struck by the total absence of any apparent effort. He makes the game seem so easy, as someone has said. Of course, the secret lies in the smoothness and accuracy with which the power is applied. The club goes back and comes down as though it were grooved, as if it were the piston of a steam engine traveling in its highly polished guides. Many men have played golf well, but Harry Varden plays it supremely well. His stroke is the quintis- quintessence of ease, power, and beauty. Certainly, there can be no finer model for any aspiring golfer to copy, and I may condense the sum of all I know about golf and all I try to impart to my pupils in the sim- one simple sentence, whatever is natural, and Harry Varden. So I, I bring this up because we've been on our podcast last week with Pete and Jansen, we talked about the... Um, the passage of golf in the kingdom where he says the surest way to try and too hard is the surest way to ruin your game. And then kind of what we're on here of our, uh, you know, different swing thoughts and when to apply them and stuff. And so I thought it was just interesting that in a golf, you know, a golf instruction book, this is very applicable today, but it was written over a hundred years ago. And he's like, the focus maybe should be on the total absence of any apparent effort. I guess like, what do you, this and then also the reason that you need to be on this podcast because one of Donahue's five lessons is move toward ease. Yeah, past podcasts, so yeah. you're maybe a you're an expert in this field. <laughs> I wouldn't
0: say that, <laughs> but I definitely had a lot of experience at it. It's one of those things where you know, um all through my growing up, one of the the things that I that I you would hear over and over again, and I'm sure that any of us that uh, have you know, played golf have, have heard it too. And that is, uh, the people exclaiming from time to time, uh, God, that went so far and I hardly swung at it at all. How many times do I have to learn this lesson? Mm, You know, because it's over and over and over again, you know, that people, uh, are, are pulled away from, um, this optimal kind of way of moving with the golf club and um and it's not surprising why because you know pretty much everybody that makes a swing or that plays golf is running an experiment right every time they swing you know especially and and well, especially if they're thinking, if they if they're given to thinking about improving their swing. Mm. Now, some people aren't, you know, sure, they're just, they
1: just swinging. They're
0: yeah. just swinging, and yeah. you know, it's 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 fine. But those of us that are trying to improve our swings are either saying something to ourselves like, "Oh, that last one was great. I want to do it just like that." And like, well, how do you? How do you replicate what you just did? Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're saying, "Oh, that last one was." was just great i wonder if i could do it any better Mm. and well what's better more powerful you know so there's plenty of things that lead us to turn the dial up yeah and and our mistakes tend to lead us to become more guarded you know like oh i don't want to make that mistake you know my body is is so unruly you know i need to uh I need to uh change my my, my putting grip to uh, a claw or to cross hand it or you know tighter because my why? Because my body's misbehaving. Mm-hmm. I can't trust it yeah. um, you know, to to do things. And and you know, if Varden I, I I've only seen Varden, you know, swing in um in funny old movies, you know, a lot of like frames, you know, it's not really a video. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And so, uh, so I can't, so I can't say that I'm an expert on Varden swing, but I have seen people swing in an effortless way and they've done, and I've seen people, you know, with different kinds of swing planes and different kinds of swings swing in a way that was effortless. Um, And I've endeavored to do that too, Uh, you know, and yet there's a certain, there's a certain matching that has to happen between, you know, the swing, the the angle of the swing Mm -hmm. and and the the squaring of the club face and, um, you know, and the movements of the joints throughout the body, you know, that... uh, Varden swung, and you—you had uh, this—you—you said it yesterday as you were swinging your hickory club um, in the simulator downstairs. That it's just—it's a a matter of tempo, Mm -hmm. right? So you were blending, you know, with your shaft and with the and with the performance of the club. That gee, it doesn't work when I do it like this. It seems to work better when I do it more like this. And uh, and one would think that uh, finding that blend is not it's not a self evident thing. And I'll, I'll just say this and, and as a last comment about it: one day years ago, <coughs> I came into uh, I was in the golf shop, and a man came in that I saw practically every day. His name was Sid Briskman. And Sid came in and about midday, and I said hello to him. And he said, don't talk to me. You've ruined my day. And I said, <laughs> Sid, I haven't seen you today. How did I possibly ruin it? He said, no, you didn't see me, but I saw you. And he said, I saw you uh, hitting a ball off of a tee, and you swung so easily and so slowly that... And the ball just flew off the club face, and so when I swung slowly, the ball went nowhere. And so, what somebody sees and interprets as ease mm. is, um, is sometimes it's not it's not evident in 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 what they what they interpret. You know from what they're seeing and so your swing was uh yesterday was a, a powerful swing you know uh but it was uh it was a rhythmic balanced motion that didn't uh, that appear appeared a lot less effortful hmm. than how i've seen you swing in the past um I don't know whether it did did or didn't produce as much clubhead speed as what you're used to or what you would go for with a carbon steel shaft. Um, but I know that, you know, you, you hit the ball good, and, and not only did you hit it good, I mean, it was like if you were measuring reliability by the way the ball was flying, I mean, you looked like a machine. The thing was just going straight, and you looked at the numbers on TrackMan. the path and the club face were like pretty much the pretty same good. thing every time. Yep. You know, and it's like, how did you, how, what were you doing that you achieved such mechanical hmm. perfection?
1: Yeah. No, just focusing on on the tempo, the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've i never heard anybody refer to the golf swing as an experiment before. So oh, really? <laughs> I, but I think that's a key, I think it's kind of like a key point in understa- in like your whole, of like all the things you said, because like if you see that people, they treat it as an experiment, like is this going to work or is it not going to work? And then if it works, you know, as you said, they try to do it. They try to either replicate it or try to do it better, which leads to like turning the turning the dial up or like trying harder but then also if if they if it doesn't work then they like start to get careful and cautious. And so both of both basically when you're uh, an experiment that then both outcomes will lead you to not swing as if you were swinging effortlessly. Right. I so understand. it's almost you have to get rid of the the whole structure of that idea, right? Even if it's a subconscious or unconscious idea. That like it's an experiment. Like you have to get rid of that way of thinking, or else you're not going to be able to swing uh effortlessly. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yes. I I would say that if there's a right and wrong, yeah, you know, and that's why when Shiva says he never tried to make the same swing twice. Right. Yeah. So there is there was no replicating or you know making better. He was going to do something unique.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know that that. Uh, Perhaps only, and, and you know, Hugh. You, um, perhaps you're going to read the uh, next passage about that, but I think that the that the hickory shaft is an excellent partner uh, in a rhythmic swing mm-hmm. because of the way that it moves.
1: Oh, yeah, the weight, the sound, the the way it bends. Yeah,
0: yeah, the way it bends and uh you know that that feeling of it you really you really feel there's a, a partnership and something that you're swinging it's not it's not the same as swinging a rope no uh it's not as whippy as a pencil shaft, but it has a certain head weight and certain flex mm-hmm. uh to it that uh really assists in the uh the maintenance and the creation of a rhythmic swing of a whip swing of a you know I always found that that I was um, I was I was better off with a strange club in my hand because I was much more mindful of swinging with that club yeah and I I don't mean just that the club was in my hand but that that we were partners sure you know and that I needed to To handle and swing the club in a particular way that would maximize its production. Sure.
1: And so, what was the guy's name again in your story? Sid. Sid Briskman. Sid. So what? What advice would you give to Sid of how to how to hit it like like you did? Because he seemed to you know you said he saw that you were swinging slowly, but it made the ball go far. So he tried to swing slowly, and it didn't go anywhere. Well, I would say it's it's what Stan Utley talks about. it's It's
0: about you know loading and unloading the shaft and putting energy into the ball. It's the ability to create a whip out of the end of the club, you know, which means uh, you know you you, you practice uh, you practice doing things like recoiling. Mm-hmm. You know, like swinging the club down and then snapping it back mm. right at, right after it would pass through impact and yes. pull it back with your body so that you start to cause the end of it to to snap like a like a towel or a whip. Uh and so when you um you start to uh, create that, you start to realize that there is a uh a a kind of a culmination to the striking motion that you want it to create a Mm -hmm. whip, that there needs to be a centripetal force pulling back or, you know, or tugging up. And that, that's like, you know, when we were talking uh, the other day about, um, about uh, ground force, you know, how you, how athletes create force in, you know, through their, their, footwork and their mm. leg drive and stuff like this and is somebody a side to side, you know, right. glider or a rotator or a jumper. Well, all of those motions, you know, are 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 uh you know, creating some uh kinetic energy, you know, in the in the body that that is has is as its result putting energy into the ball.
1: Mm you know yeah, yeah. so
0: so if you have like those swinging uh chrome balls the five mm-hmm. of them that swing you know on the on the frame yeah you know it's that it's like
1: boom you mm-hmm. know it, it it's almost like well it has a destination yeah. so pu- putting energy into the ball as opposed to what uh as opposed to um
0: as opposed to just swinging the club uh, around yourself. I mean, uh, if mm-hmm. you if you just took the club and you spun around with it, <laughs> yeah, like you in know, a circle, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and your your body just spun around in a circle, yeah, yeah. that wouldn't create as much no. crack, sure. as putting a crack in a whip. Yeah. You know, because
1: that's accelerating mm-hmm uh creating but then also if you excel if you then start to spin around and accelerate the club using your hands like you wouldn't be able to like keep up the acceleration you know you'd have to like get it at a certain point yeah you'd have to get it at a certain point right um all right that's that brings us to our next our next reading which is from michael bamberger's book to the lynx land Mm. it's my favorite it's my favorite golf book that exists I buy copies of it just to give them away. To I people. think it's wonderful. So I'm... It's helpful that you can buy them for five dollars because it's kind of an old book. But um, so, um, highly recommend you buy it or run into me. I might give you one. <laughs> 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 he uh, the the book. This is not from 1991. He was a uh, like Bamberger's now is like a very popular golf writer, but at that point he had he had worked at newspapers and then he went to go he went to go caddy on the European tour for like a season and then he like went to Scotland after that. So it was like before, you know, before the internet and stuff. So it was probably just stories and books of what, what, what Scotland was like. And so he, he goes, he, he feels like he needs a golf t- a teacher. So he goes and finds um, this teacher, um, this golf coach whose last name is Stark. I forget what his first name is. Um, but at the first, at their first lesson, he gives them a, a hickory club uh, with Forgin is the name of the club maker, which is the same club maker of your, your hickory clubs, uh, which is, which is very cool. And he says, um, so he, he says, here is some equipment from long before your time, long before my own Stark said, I want you to see how difficult the game used to be. Now, I might disagree with him. It's not that much more difficult, but it's okay. We'll keep going. The day was gray and cold and blowy, and the practice grounds off in, a f- in a field far from the clubhouse were empty and dark. I took some practice swings with the old mashy, but the grip was slippery, and I felt myself holding on to the club hard to prevent it fl- from flying away. Gentle, Michael, gentle. In golf, you must always be gentle. Now, as you swing the club, feel the weight of the club head up through the soft wood of the shaft, through the grip, into your hands, and throughout your body. Become aware of the feel of the club head. You can feel it more with that old hickory shafted mashie than your modern clubs. I continued taking practice swings, and I started to feel the club head and also the softness of the shaft. It was more malleable than any club I had ever swung. I could sense the care and skill that went into the making of the club. I was aware of the club's life. It goes on. And he says, Stark says, hear the sound the shaft makes as it comes through the air. Listen to how rhythmic and sweet the sound is. Hear the sound of the clubhead making good contact with the ball, and then right afterward, the ground. These are the lovely sounds of good golf, as opposed, or as lovely as the ovation for the open champion, as lovely as the sound of a dropping putt, as lovely as the singing of chirping birds. Stark was a poet. It had been years since I heard a swing thought that was completely new to me, and I found it immediately effective. I alternated between the Hickory Shafted Club and my own graphite shafted club. It was easier to make a pleasant, even sound with the Whippier Hickory Club. Our Forgan of St. Andrews seemed to have built a rhythm right into the club. we'll, we'll stop. We'll stop there. Yeah. So um uh, do you have any do you have any comments? I, I I guess I sent this to I sent this to you, so I'm, Yeah, I loved uh, it.
0: I loved it. I mean I I was so appreciative of reading reading it because it's really true isn't it I mean you really can hear and the the shaft uh, Mm -hmm. the wooden shaft and um, when your your friend Tim was in here with his hickory clubs as soon as I picked them up I mean the experience of swinging the hickory with its head feel and the, the, the the feel of the Flex in the yeah. shaft. It was so so pleasurable. I mean, uh, it was it was just it added something to the experience of swinging the club, which was um, which to me was a uh, was an absolute delight and and such an enhancement of the experience of swinging that that even if the ball didn't travel quite as far, I would much rather swing that, sure. you know, just as a uh, because the physical act of making a swing is is a you know as a as a graceful powerful creative uh act you you want to connect with the ball and you want it to do something and and uh you know and if it does uh do something and and then it doesn't to me it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be it's kind of like, uh, as far as enjoyment is concerned, the Pumpkin Chunkin Conta, you know, <laughs> festival down in uh, Morton, Illinois, uh, which is near Peoria. You know, they used to build catapults and and different kinds of Rube Goldberg sort of hurling uh, machines. Yep. Well, now they fire them with cannons, <laughs> and of course, they can make these these pumpkins soar, you know, uh, incredible heights, like, like we can hit golf balls the same Uh, way. And there's something to that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's an enjoyment to that that, then, you know, uh, and it's different from seeing something fly not as far, but I'm going to tell you the physical act of swinging Tim's clubs to me, uh, the pleasure was, was really something i mean i I'd, I'd trade in hitting a soaring shot for miles and miles with the uh the more intimate uh, you know physical act of swinging that that shaft and the yeah. idea of of rhythm
1: yeah.
0: you know is um, you know nicholas Nicholas, uh, you know, and in Jones and other people who've written about golf the way they've experienced it have tried to describe it. You know, Nicholas, as a for instance, said that his downswing, he felt started slower than his backswing went up. Mm. Now, you know, I was in a guy's office the other day, this therapist that I go and see, and he had a hula hoop. And I said, you know, and I've asked him a couple times, what's that hula hoop about? He said, well, I'll tell you what it's about. And and the other day I was leaving his office. I said, so what do you do? Do you do 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 this hula hoop for your back? And he said, no, he says, but it's very valuable. He said, try to describe to somebody how to do that. Hmm. (laughs) 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 And it's about the same as describing the rhythm in a golf swing. You know, like you can try. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, you have to have. The thing about it is, is that you can. Uh, I was gonna, you know, after you sent me that that uh, that quote that we read, you know, there's a couple of ways that you can regard physical motion. And one of them is that you can, you can become very particular about the way joints ought to move Mm -hmm. the way, you know, the physical anatomy, you know, is, is really designed. uh, And, you know, and, and how you can be consistent in golf by, you know, maintaining great ground force over your feet. And like Pete, Leinenweber Weber discovered the other day when Jansen took him through some stretches and stuff. Well, I think uh, we had commented or talked. I had talked to Pete a couple of weeks ago about you know the fact that when he swings, his 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 balance on his back foot, his weight actually rolls his back foot, so that he's he's on the outside of his foot at the top of his backswing. Well. If you wanted to really be anatomically efficient, you wouldn't do that, sure. right? You'd, you'd, But he had to do it because he doesn't have a full range of motion in his right hip joint, hmm. right? Yeah. Well, how can Pete be so successful as a golfer without with having that sort of compensation? And the answer is because he swings in a rhythm That allows him to recover from that unbalanced position and get his foot, you know, on balance before he makes his thrust from the ground up. And so, so, you know, people who are, uh, you know, who have to make compensations, physical compensations in their body movements from what someone would call anatomically optimal... Can still be successful if they move in a rhythm.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. I think in my own practice, have been seeing the benefit of like focusing on the sound the club is making to like helping with good rhythm. Um, it's also just like a wild way to. It's almost like you're kind of like freaks my brain out a little bit when I try <laughs> to hit a ball like just trying to make the sound because it's. Um, it's just like such a. It's almost like an abstract. Or maybe 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 abstract isn't the right word. It's a. It's just like very different than other things. I tend to focus on like keep you know keep your weight centered or you know let's bring the club back in this way. It's like okay, just make a sound, and then it's like oh my, your body like still knows how to do that a little bit. So, I, I need to try it out on the course to uh, see if it's see how good it is. But it's been helpful. I Had a, girl, a eighth grade girl chipping. And her, uh, she is thinning it because she just kind of hits the top of the grass. And we've, you know, it's one of these, some, some of these kids, like, we've done this lesson over and over again, right? You, she knows what what to do and the right way to hit the ground. But then it's like the lesson starts again and she's like going back to the same thing. So then we, I just like had her, ma- uh, I showed her two swings. I showed her one swing that just got the top of the grass and one that got the ground and just asked her to like listen to the difference in the sound from the two swings and then she heard a difference and then i heard her try it and just notice the difference in the sound and then i heard her practice just trying to make the good sound and like it got a lot better just focusing on the sound so um it's a because like your brain has your body has a way of it's maybe one of like the magic things of golf is like and maybe being alive is that like your brain is can put things together um and and make the motion happen even if you're not like focused on all the little parts of it.
0: Oh my! And and you know, in in, in your passage there that you just read, that Stark, you know, yeah. was was so focused on all of the different sounds, mm-hmm. not just not just the sound of this, but yeah. all of the sounds. Yeah. And you know, the sounds of the birds, the sounds of the wind, the sounds yeah. of everything well, of, of
1: of the club, and then of the ball, and then of the ground. So yeah. Like. All of those, he like was differentiating between all of them, and that you could notice all of them. So that you, yeah,
0: absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, the, I mean, how you your mind attunes to the senses, all of the senses, yeah. you know. I mean, I think that you can. We we, and we tend to um, want to, uh, I don't know what the right word is, compartmentalize, um, you know. decide whether somebody is primarily auditory uh, or visual or uh, kinesthetic Mm, in the way they relate to things well the fact of the matter is that we relate to things through all those senses right right? we just we might lead with one of them but would it be a benefit to you to um, to uh, switch your focus as you've just described and, uh, you know, to the sounds of things and to tune that on, uh, would it,
1: um, yes, I mean, clearly. Yeah. I mean, it just, it also just sounds a lot more interesting. With, yeah. You know, as opposed to like reading a Golf Digest article or watching a video about whatever, how to use your legs properly in the swing and then thinking about all of that. As yes. opposed to. Like, yes. Like, so you could, that's one way to do it or there's other ways as well. And so that's where. I mean, obviously it's where our interest lies. Um, but like all the popular all of the popular coaches, they all have their own kind of philosophy about how to swing the club yes. correctly. And that's where the, the conversation is about like which one of those is is better and yeah. who's it better for, and maybe this swing is better for this type of person, this is better for that type of person. But no one or at least not very many popular people are talking about things this way of like, well, what if Maybe it would just be helpful if they focus on making a good sound of the swing. <laughs> so.
0: ah. Yeah, no, no, it's true, Andy, because it's because uh, again, that part of it is about selling, sir. Sure. You know, and so, um, you know, that's a that that's a a valid game. You know, like everybody want, needs to make a living, and uh, and if it sells, then. Um, you know, and it's what pe- and it scratches somebody's itch because, th- as you point out, the student has an expectation that that needs to be met, right? And yeah. as long as they're all buying into the reality, their reality is that this information and this verbalization and this menu of of uh, recipe of of how to swing. Is is the answer? Then they're, that's their reality, sure. right? But but uh, there's a different reality. and yeah. That is like some things we make son for playing, and some things we make for selling. Yeah. And listening to the sound is definitely what we make for playing.
1: Yeah. Um, they in I don't remember if it's in the books. The it's either in the book Steve Jobs or in the movie Steve Jobs. Have you seen the movie Michael Fassbender? I'm going to see You know, it's great. It's like, um, it's by Aaron Sorkin made it, so it's got a lot of like, really good dialogue. Oh yeah, he's terrific. It's going to be good. But he, one of the things that Steve Jobs said was that like, people, meaning like the customers, he's like, they don't actually know what they want. And and meaning of like, if all you do is serve, like serve what they think, what people think they want. You know, people think they know what they want, but they actually don't know what they want. And so that's where like, the people who are leading the way like need to think about things in that way of like, yeah, people think they want to learn the golf swing in this certain way. And they think this is the answer, but like, actually we could do it a different, we could do it a different way. So that's the, that's the light that you are, Andy. Ah, Pete, thank you very much. <laughs> um, all right, Pete, that's, um, let's wrap up there. Okay. Thank you very much for joining mm-hmm. me. Thank I you. For, for talk everybody. to you next time. You bet.
0: Before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life.